You know, as you, as you go through life, there are a lot of things that motivate you. And, and I, can't, I can't think of, um, you know, sometimes all you need is that one idea or that one passion to move you forward in life. It's motivation or purpose. Could I say purpose motivates you to have a purpose in life Something that stimulates who you are and, and what you've meant to, what you've been, what you were meant to be, those kind of things. It's kind of like wind that feel, fills the sail of a ship. Now, I, I remember being out in the Indian Ocean and we would do drills on the ship. Oftentimes we would kind of go dead in the water. In other words, the engine would stop, and if the engine stopped, the ventilation would stop, nothing was working. We were just drifting. It was after being on that ship when there was noise and, and the noise of the ventilation, the hum, the, the, you might say the vibration of, the, of the, the engine under our feet. It was always a constant reminder that you're on a living thing. You didn't realize how empty it felt uh, except that when we went dead in the water for those purposes. It was an eerie feeling and uh, it was a feeling that almost resembled a person without purpose. One other thing is we're, we're doing this week or this, this month, we're talking about tuning back in. And that's a reference to the, the, the simple thought that during the summer, you know, we, you know that we segment our lives, don't we? And the summertime is often for, often it's for picnics, it's for, certainly for fireworks. I've never been in a place where I had so many occasions for fireworks, you know? You know, and it almost, those are the punctuation marks that start and stop the summer, you know, around Memorial Day and at Labor Day, and, and of course, a few, a few opportunities in between, fireworks, picnics, you know, we, the grills just go crazy, and people visit, and it's just a lot, a lot of good time. We come to, to Labor Day, and it kind of wraps up, and we turn our attention towards school. If you're a parent with school-aged children, if Kids, that uh, you're by that time you're really you know, uh, it's funny how you go from I can't wait till I get out of school in just a couple of short months, you're looking forward to getting back because summer wasn't exactly everything you wanted it to be and you're a little bored, <clears throat> so you turned your attention to that college students whatever okay so summer summer is over pretty much and the leaves are turning and I love this time of year, but. We, we think of, we wanted to kind of bring us to, to the idea of tuning back into stuff. And uh, obviously, when we, when we think of tuning back in, we tune back into the important things. You know, we tune back into our kids. We tune back in. Hopefully, we've never tuned out. But sometimes we take these little vacations. But it's just a, an idea that we would reconsider the important things. And so, one of the things we want to do is, is tune into our purpose. You might say, remember. Remember the things that God wants us to be and to do. Why he made us. And, uh, and our purposes as we go forward in life. Now, the world says to you, says to you and to me about purpose, is that, you know, kind of like you were an accident. You know, it's like, you, it's like if, you, if you pull the string far enough back in your ancestry, you'll find a worm somewhere. Or maybe an amoeba. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, and when you have that kind of a sense that we just kind of happened, your purpose is whatever it, uh, you want it to be. And unfortunately, you know, you're left almost adrift 
without any kind of anchors unless you make them yourself. In other words, uh, and the world will say, okay, your purpose is, uh, young people, your purpose is to be cash cows to the music industry. You get it? Okay. The world will say your purpose is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, your purpose is to drive the capitalist system. Your purpose is to acquire things and make money move. Your purpose is to, you know, whatever, you know, you could go on and on and on. But deep down inside, the many people are looking and say, what is, you know, these things really don't fulfill. Having, having 5,000 uh, uh, MPs, MP3s or whatever they, they are on, on, my, on my diskette or whatever, whichever diskette that I have, yeah, whether it's my phone or my, my little, you know, iPod or whatever, Somehow, I thought that when I got all of those things that I would be fulfilled, and I find that I've arrived and I'm still not fulfilled. Okay? God never said that, uh, that all of these things in the world were bad things. He just said that they have their place, but they're not your purpose. Acquiring things, as much fun as that can be, ultimately will leave you empty. Anybody know that? How about the children? Even the children know this two days after Christmas. Right? All the things that they hoped and dreamed for in, in November. I remember Julie. She doesn't listen to these podcasts, so I can talk about her. <laughs> Julie. Uh, my, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I dropped these little hints in my communications. My kids says, well, you know, I talked about you today. So just hoping that maybe they'll just come back and, you know, they'll start downloading these things so they'll get a little taste from Dad, and I'll be able to preach to them. But Julie, Julie Connie was the one that, that you never could figure out what she wanted. Julie was the one who started in July with the Sears catalog. I mean, the big old thing, and, it was, and a pen, you know? And you go through those folded down pages, there's circled things, I'm thinking, man, I don't have this kind of money. And what are we going to do with it? We're going to have to build on to get all this stuff. And so she was always, you know, and, and many of us are that way. It's fun to acquire the things that we think are going to be fun, but they only do so much. When the scripture says, uh, when the scripture tells us this, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. What he's telling us is there is a, you might say, there is a, not only a, there's, there's a, an order in which we do things, and that order is attached to the purpose that God put us here for. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now, I'll get to the scripture and talk about this. I believe God says that we have a purpose, and it's an eternal purpose, okay? An eternal purpose, and little old you, sitting in the third pew on the left-hand side. You have a purpose, and God knows who you are. We could have sung that song this morning. Uh, he knows my name. Because he does. And I've told you before, just because you and I can't get our head around, you know, the 35 friends that we have, doesn't mean that God is restricted in such a way. And just because we can't count to 1,000 or 10 million or whatever, and numbers and stuff, doesn't mean that God doesn't know exactly how many hairs on your head. Okay. I don't get that. I've told you that. I've told you it's hard for me to understand that kind of mentality. But God is that. 
He proclaims himself that way. Not only does he proclaim himself to be that capable, he proclaims himself to be your father. Not only does he proclaim himself to be your father, he proclaims himself to be your protector and your loving father. The giver of better gifts than we can give ourselves. That's who he proclaims himself to be. We need to know who he is and know that because he is, uh, he is our father, that we're not accidents. We are, were not born by the will of man or woman. In spite of what our, our parents said, well, I wanted another child. God's, the scripture said that God gives children as a gift. All right. Let me show you one, a couple of passages of scripture. I've got plenty of time this morning. We Started early, but my throat is a little raspy, so I don't know how long I can go. We're friendly here. We give each other stuff. Like colds and flus. And, you know, the, 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 the nursery worker, her mother called last night, 1030, says, she's got a cold, she can't come. I said, and back in my mind, I said, she might as well come, everybody's got it. Jeremiah, here's, here's just a passage of scripture, and, and I, I want to I share some stuff with you here, uh, the, and I'll talk about the context and, and, and make sure that, that we're not violating the intent of the passage. Uh, this, is the, this, is God, this is Jeremiah's call and commission. Now, I want to go back to the first, first verse, and I know we don't have the first verse up here, but let me read it to you anyway. You're a gentleman. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. Oh, man, it's even a Methodist cup. (laughs) We're pluralistic here, too. Okay, I want you to know that we're pluralistic. Ah, Houghton. All right. Um, When he got up, I thought he just didn't like the sermon already. Uh, It says, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Now, so Jeremiah was a priest was a Levitical priest. Just a sideline now. Uh, I just wanted to catch that. He says, Now the, the, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Do you really think you formed children in the womb? Do you really think you do that? God's taking claim here. I mean, think about that. Most of us wouldn't know how to form a a fingernail. We look at the leaves that are falling off the tree almost as debris to sweep up and to to put it in a landfill. And we look at the veining in in one leaf and we can't replicate that. In all of our wisdom as, as human beings, in all of our science and our capacities, we can't even replicate one little thing that is here today and gone tomorrow. Oh, and, you know, and, and think about this, the beauty. I mean, the, 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 I mean I could, I, I'll, I'll step away from that. I had a professor one time, and he was it's like, here he was, this is a Presbyterian seminary, okay? The real, you know, the, the heady people. And he's standing up there, and he's a doctor of this and doctor of that. He's standing up there, and he begins, he, he's a doctor of child's, uh, I don't know, child psychology or something like that. And he begins to talk about the formation of a child. And before you know it, he's talking about God and 
the very intricacies of a baby and how it moved. And, 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 and before you know it, here's this, press, here's this guy at Princeton. He's, sta- he's standing there. I mean, so one of, the better uni- one of the better universities. And he's weeping because he understands. He gets it. He, he senses the, 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 the majesty in, 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 the, in the simplest of creation. And the students who are in this place where, where everything else goes, they're hanging on every word. Hanging on every word because God's in that place. <laughs> Don't tell me you can keep God out of any place. When he wants to go into the Kremlin, he'll go into the Kremlin. When he wants to reach into your heart, he will reach into your heart. If you think that that uncle so-and-so is so hard-hearted that he'll never say yes to God, you, be, you get on your knees and begin to pray and intercede and watch God go, into, go through doors that are always closed to you. Amen. Know this, that God is bigger than that. He's speaking to you today. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, alas, O oh Lord God, behold, I don't even know how to speak because I'm a, I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up, to break down, to destroy, and to overthrow, to build, and to plant. Now, just a, the context is this. God was getting ready to take Israel out. He was bringing Babylon down to, to completely to take out, just, just to overthrow Israel because of their sin. God knows how to spank his children. But he always has redemption in mind. <laughs> it's never destruction when he puts his hand upon you because of your sin, because of your infidelities to him. It's not to destroy you, but to turn your, turn your face back toward the mountain of God. Turn you, turn you back to a place where you can receive not only his forgiveness, but his healing. That's God's purpose when he, he puts his hand upon you. Uh, so in the same way, a loving parent may put their hand on the backside of, a, of an errant child. The point is not to destroy, but to, re, but to redeem and, to return, and cause them to return so they don't grow up to be idiots. It's, it's out of love that God has done this and he's raising up a prophet. To let them know he's going to have. And, and if you read through Jeremiah, you read through Ezekiel, nobody liked what they had to say. <laughs> I mean, think about it, folks. Want to be a prophet? Oh, yeah, I want to be a prophet. Yeah, they won't like what you have to say. You won't be the popular person if you say what God wants you to. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Now, another passage of Scripture I want to take you to. Uh, let, me, let me just back up. The context is, the context is that, uh, that, that God's doing something special, right? And, and, and this is a historical context. But the, but the principles that we find in this are simply this, that God knows us. His capacity to know us before we were formed. 
is there. So, you know, I, here's, the, here's what I think the principle tells me, that we exist in the mind of God before. You know, we exist before we're formed. Okay? And God is the one who forms us. And then in this case, we could say, well, okay, I consecrated you before you were born to be a prophet. Okay? Now, that tells me that if God knew us before we were born, he knows what purpose that he has for us in this life. Now, I understand this was a special occasion. You might, you might try to use that as a, as a way of saying to negate God's special, special uh, intention for you. Well, I am just, you know, so-and-so. Well, I want you to know, there was a little girl in, in Israel, in Bethlehem. God had a purpose for her. Little old Mary. Oh, I know we've got her wrapped, you know, the, the, the tr- traditional art has her, you know, it's like deified. She was a young girl who just loved God. And God said, I have a special purpose for you. And, and what did she do? Not only did she have the baby, I mean, she went through that. Uh, we never see her sitting in front of a group of people teaching and proclaiming. You know, she didn't go on the road saying, well, my life, and write, writing, the, writing the scroll, uh, not a book, my life with Jesus. The, pre, the pre-ministry years. Okay? And all that. She was faithful. She probably made lots of mistakes, as we all do coming up. But she raised a son. She raised more than one son. God had a purpose for her. Yeah? Joseph, we, we, we learned that he was kind of like, you know, average Joe. He wasn't anything but average. We, we would consider him so... God had a purpose for Joseph. <laughs> God had a purpose for Joseph. You don't know who you're raising. God has a purpose for you, mom, dads, okay? Okay? All right. Matthew, the seventh chapter. I'm, I'm going to go past the Ephesians passage because I don't have time. My voice won't take it. If you want to look at Ephesians sometime and, talk, and think about God's purpose for you and God's plan for you, it's chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. Um, all right, let's, let's look. Let's look at a living, one of the principles that I want to talk to you when we talk about the purpose of God for you in your life. You know, I, I, I understand, and let me, let me preface what I'm, what I'm going to read here with this. I understand that most of us are thinking, um, what's, when we think of God's purpose for us in our life, the first thing we go is to the big thing. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or we're saying, well, I wonder what God has for me in my life. And we're thinking, okay, does he, what mountain does he want me to move? And, and it's, it's like, and we think about what is the ministry that he's calling me to? And oftentimes we get the cart and the horse all in the wrong place. In this case, he says, I knew, in the the case of Jeremiah, he said, I knew you before you were born. I had this in mind for you. And God does have these things for us. But there's something, there's something, you might say, could I say the little purposes? They're really big purposes, but we don't think of them as God's purposes because they seem a little bit tame and mundane. If I went back to the book of Genesis, I would find, uh, I would find God coming and visiting Adam and Eve in, in the garden. 
I would say one of the purposes God created you was created me and you. And this is kind of a big purpose that handles all of us. And it has some connections and, and, and meaning for us when we, when we think about our futures and how we, we should pr- proceed. One of the purposes, I believe, and I think it's, it's represented in Genesis, is that God wants to hang out with you. Now, I don't know why God would need this, and I'm not sure I can even, if, if the word need is the right word. But it pleased God to do these things. And we see him hanging out with, with Adam and Eve in the garden. And we see him all through, the, through, through time visiting with the people of God. He comes to us. He wants to have a relationship with us. We're, we're quite frankly, we're the beneficiaries when he does. One of the things, when, that passage that I related to you earlier, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Here's what I know. That when I get up and I spend time with him, everything else in my life goes better. Are you there? Yeah, okay. When I spend time with him, all the other things begin to fall into line. When I hang out with God in the garden, whatever it is, wherever it is, then he begins to direct me into the other things that, that he wants me to do. It's wrong to think in terms of ministry if you're not hanging out with God. Because you're not going to hear him. You understand, relationship comes way before tasks. The, the, the disciples spent three years hanging out with Jesus before he sent them out on their own. But we're so ministry driven. We're like that guy who wants to run that doesn't have the message to, you know, when we get to our destination, it has nothing to give when we get there. All we've done is run. We've been beating the air like the boxer to no, to no purpose and to no end. Yet somehow if we think, well, in this big picture, somehow it's all going to come together because I've been working for God. The principle. Let's get back to the simple stuff. Let's get back to the foundational stuff. What's God's will? God's purpose for us. Not only to hang out with him. And because sin has come into the world, some other things have had to take place. It's God's will that you be saved. You know? Forget about the ministry. Let's look at your, your, your life with him. It's, the scripture says it this way. In, first, in, in 2 Peter 3. The Lord's not cons- slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But it's long-suffering to us. Not willing that any should perish but that all men should come to repentance. All of humanity. He said, well, you know, pastor, what I'm really looking for is something more specifically for me. I understand that. The people, you know, I understand that. But there's some things that are universal. It's God's will for me to be saved. So he sends his, his, his word, his Holy Spirit. That's almost the starting point. Here we are in sin. Here we are, you might say, uh, uh, find, we find ourselves living any old way because sins come into the world. No one told us 
Oh, we hear the, you know, the, we, we, we watch TV and we see people dressed funny and they're asking for money. And, they, and you know, the, the representative of the church, it just, it, it's, it's, like, it's like some kind of a clown show. Does that make sense? And what, what Jesus is saying is, come to me. Come to me. Hold the snake up. Look upon the snake, the serpent. You'll be saved. I mean, that's, that was the symbol. That was a symbol that we found in the Old Testament. Look to, look to Jesus and be saved. It begins there. There's so many things that I would say to you. It's, not what, it's, it's God's purpose that all men would come to repentance because sin has come into the world. Ephesians 5 tells us that, that God's pur- one of the God's purposes for us is that we would be filled with the Spirit. We find that in Ephesians 5. So it says, The time is short, the days are evil. Wherefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, the, the word here, the word filled is like saturated, like a sponge. That tells you the nature of how God fills us with the Holy Spirit. And the influence. It's not like, okay, I got a tankard full. I'm saturated. What does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit is there influencing every aspect of our lives. You, you might want to categorize them and say, okay, over here is my business life. Over here is my school life. Over here is my religious life. On Sunday, I go to church and I play religious. But on Monday, it's different. I'm at work. You know, I've got this kind of like sectioned off. None of the edges like peas and carrots on my plate. I don't want them to touch. But he says, when the Holy Spirit fills you, it's, it's to touch everything. That's why when I look at a person who says, yeah, I've been a Christian for, for, for 35 years. And, and, and you say, well, you're not supposed to judge them. Well, the script, Paul says, you've got to... Yeah, he says, isn't there somebody in the church that can judge? I look at somebody who's been a, a Christian for 40 years and can't master some of the simplest relational uh, relationship things. I, I wonder, what's wrong? Am I being hard? Ooh. And, and I don't mean to, to be, be rough, but... but don't go running out and doing ministry when, when, when what you really need is just simply to seek God more because you're not ready. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even in the, in the book of Acts, they spent three years with Jesus walking, talking, doing some of the things that he said. He said, I want you to go back to Jerusalem. Yeah, I want you to go out and fill, uh, teach and preach. I want you to, to, to baptize. I want you to do all this ministry stuff the scripture says. But go back and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Go back and be filled. You know, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. This is God's purpose. These are basic stuff. Be saved, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now this, and the next one is, is, is connects on this. It's God's will that you, now that I'm going to use a religious word, okay? Can I use a religious word? Sanctified. Sanctified. 
All that is, all that it means is God is working in you. And, and he's changing you. And you're submitting to that change. Yeah? Now, uh, many of us draw lines. You've heard me talk about, well, some of us are on the, the basic Christian plan. This is the one we've accepted. Okay? You know? Uh, you know and, and a basic Christian plan is, yeah, I've given my heart to Christ. I've got some fire insurance, those kind of things. And I may read my Bible, maybe. If I hear the Bible, it's because the pastor read it to me. And I have one. It's a nice one. It's a clean one. Crack. You know? But it's, it's, a, it's a nice one, clean one. And, and, and if anybody asks me, I'll, I can hold it up and show it to them. Most of the time, I even bring it with me. And then the next one, and you might say, that's, but that's as far as I want to go. I have a sister-in-law. She's a real holy roller. I don't want to be like that. She's going to prayer meetings. She loves God. She talks about Jesus all the time. It's embarrassing. I don't want to be like that. So I'm, I'm going to stay over here, you know. And then the next, you know, you could, you could kind of like take it as you will. Yeah, I don't know where we get these ideas. I think it's fear. I don't know. Or it's just we don't want God in our business. We don't want God that close to us to where he can really, where we can, you know, sanctification is as we interact with God, the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And he will, he will convict us of things. And we'll, we'll say, yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And it's the hard stuff. It's the hard stuff. I'm going to confess one thing, okay? Because you'll, you'll know, you'll understand that it's hard stuff. It's not just easy stuff. We were putting this church together way, way back. Way, way back. I had a, and, and God told me, said, you're going to preach and teach. And are you speaking about this church here, over here? We had a church on the other side of town, one church here. He said, and the Holy Spirit said, you've got to preach and teach, and they're going to, they're going to leave you anyway. And I've never said this in public. And I said, God, well, well, you know, okay, how do I do that? Did you hear the change there? And, and, and he says, you're not. You just preach and teach. They're going to leave you anyway. They're not going to put up with it. They're going to go on because they're resisting. And I started looking around. Says, who's resisting? I'll get rid of them. <laughs> and one day we ha- I had an argument with somebody who's now a close friend of mine. And uh, he was mad at me. You know, something happened in the church. Things were different. You know, churches shift and change. People don't like change, do they? People don't like change. Even, you know, who was it said? said that the babies even don't like you to change their dirty diaper. People don't like change. <laughs> and, and we were having a discussion. He was angry at something that I'd done. And in the back of my mind, I just, got, I just let myself go. I got mad. And I said, all right, I got the power here. I said, give me your key. Give me your, come in here and sign your membership away. You don't want to be here? You don't be here. He came in, did it. He left, and the Holy Spirit kicked me all over the office. He said, I told you. He said, you took advantage of that situation. He said, and so I saw the man come in later that night. This wasn't easy. I'm the new pastor. I'm the guy, you know. I saw him come in. 
He was returning a tool. I guess he was just kind of like, well, I got it. I'm out. Got to get the stuff back. I went and approached him and said, brother, I was wrong. I told him, I was wrong. I took advantage of you there. God, God, God corrected me. Now, that wasn't easy. But I want you to know he's my friend today. We're together today. God does good things if we will say yes to him, if we will walk with him, if we will listen to him. Sanctification is not painless. It's, it's about us saying yes to him in hard places where the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Now, you've got a couple of options. You can go to the, you can go to the wall and, say, and you can say, well, nobody else. I mean, I'm looking around. You know, Ralph and, and John and, and Jim and Jill, I'm, I'm as good a Christian as they are. And God will come back. He's relentless. He's relentless. He won't back off. He'll keep the pressure on and say, yes, but I'm speaking to you. Yes, but I'm speaking to you. Come to me. Come to me. Be obedient to me. You can run. And we do run. But God will speak. God will speak. Sanctification happens. What's God trying to do? He's trying to make us like him. Trying to make us like him. The Holy Spirit and the word of God applied to you. There are many things that I say to you. And I'm taking them right out of the word of God. I'm reading them. He said, not for me. Why? Because it interferes with something that you want. Or pride. Or whatever it is. Or a lifestyle that you found yourself trapped in. Don't you know that God can do that too? Can take you out of that? You just have to say yes to him. You just have to say yes to him and take the steps. All right. God's will is that you be sanctified. First Thessalonians 4 it is the will of God, even your sanctification. It means set apart to be pure, being sinless. Abstain from sexual sin. Everyone should be able to possess their vessel, their own vessel in sanctification. Handling your body in such a way that honors God. And so on and so forth. <clears throat> I'm running out of, I've got more pages, but I'm running out of steam here. It's God's will that you... God's purpose for you, that you live in a degree of submissiveness. Okay? That's not for somebody else to take advantage of. But in this, in this community or in any community, in any relationship, there is a submissiveness that I have, that my, my wife and I have toward one another. It's, it's a good thing to have this kind of a spirit. It says, First Peter says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Abide by the laws of the land, except when the laws are in direct violation to, to the laws of God. These are some of the things, God's purposes. These are the character traits. And I could go on and on and on about these. These are the, some of the things that God wants in us. We've got to be legitimate Christians who are making, making an effort to live for God with holiness and purity 
forgiveness. Before we move on. See, and in the process of doing that and living for God and having contact with him, then he begins to put gifts in our lives. The things and and some of the intentions that he had for us so long ago that were, you might say, bigger bigger things in terms of ministry. You know, know, we, we talk about Mary today. Mary the, Mary, the mother of Jesus, what did she do? She had a kid. And she was faithful to God. What is it? Why is it that we think that, that, that the only thing that's important is to have 300 people around us listening to us and singing our praises as, as great teachers or, or, or leaders? Why is that the thing? That's a worldly thing. That's a worldly attitude that's come in. God's got a purpose. He's got a plan. But it begins with simple relationship with him. We walk with him. We hear his voice. We say yes to him. And you know what? As simple as that sounds, some of it's hard to pull off, isn't it? To have a relationship with him, to hear his voice and to say yes to him. What must die? What must die? Self must die. I don't, you know, I I could go on. I've got more. I'm a little befuddled here because of this cold that I'm wrestling with. God has a purpose for us. God has a purpose for you. We need to turn, tune into that purpose. And the way we tune into that purpose is to tune into God. Amen? To seek his face. Many of you picked up the uh, musicians, if you will. Many of you have picked up the 40 days book in the back. And all that is is we're reading the Gospels together. It's a, it's, a, it's a guide to prayer. It's a guide to re- personal renewal. Some of you have started this week and immediately you were hit with stuff. I know, I know, we were. <laughs> you just press in. Press in. We're here for God. Everything starts with a relationship with Jesus. Make that healthy. Say yes to him in all things. He'll lead you and guide you. If, if it's bigger purposes that you want, what you'll find as you grow in him is that he satisfies. That relationship will satisfy. That relationship will satisfy. We're going to sing. I don't know if there's someone here. Stand with me, if you will. I don't know if there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus. You've, you, haven't, you haven't taken the step of saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I don't know. I don't know. Is there anybody here who hasn't given their heart to Jesus? Hasn't given their life, turned their life over to Jesus? Let me see your hand. I'm not trying to point you out I mean, and, or anything like that. I just want to pray for you. Okay? We're going to sing. We're going to worship. Service is almost over. I want you to focus in 
The rest of us, I want you to refocus in or retune in. Where are you? Where do you need to be with him? What do you need to kind of rekindle? Whether it's your prayer life, your, you know, the reading of his word. If, you know, maybe you've allowed things to slip into your life that you shouldn't have. Repent. Ask God to forgive you. He will. He will. He sent his son so that you'd have that privilege of purity and forgiveness. He sent his son. You might say, well, how many times? I keep blowing it. Seven times 70. Over and over and over. How deep and how wide are the mercies and the love of God? He loves you with an everlasting love. There is no end to his mercy. There is no end to his grace. While you're on this side of the grave, there is a chance. There is an opportunity to live and to to lift up your hands and enjoy the peace and the power and the glory of his presence. It's all available to you for the asking in the name of Jesus. This altar is open for anyone who wants to pray. If you're here, you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to pray with you. If you don't, you know, you, you may not even have all the answers down. Yeah? I don't have all the answers down. Okay? You're not sure. The world's, the world's a crazy place. But you feel the sense of, you, you sense his presence. Your sense is calling to you now. If he's calling you, come. Come. As other people fill in and, and pray around these altars, come. Come. And I'll pray with you. God will, God will hear your prayer. He will redeem you. He will save you. He will deliver you. Just bring your life to Him and just put it on the altar and say, God, here it is. I give my life to you. Let's sing. Let's worship. And these altars are open for anyone who will. Anyone who will.